1: If you're loving this podcast, we invite you to go deeper and partner with us in our work by joining the Gravity Commons, our online community of practice for connecting and learning together.
4: As a member of the Gravity Commons, you get access to live podcast recordings with upcoming guests, as well as other opportunities to connect and learn together with us in real time,
2: including learning labs, member meetups, discussion boards, online courses, and our practitioner podcast. Go to gravityleadership.com slash commons to find out more. See you in the commons.
1: Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast, guys. I'm Christy.
4: Hey, Christy. I just got a new lease on life this afternoon. (laughs) Yeah, it's so good to see you, Christy. We just recorded a whole podcast interview that you're all going to hear in a few weeks. But uh, Christy did not
1: get kicked off the internet once. I did not, not one one
4: time.
1: (laughs) And the Comcast guy was up in my attic and fixed all the problems. That's all it took. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm really grateful. Yeah
4: next just time try to send a comcast guy to the attic
0: first next thing next time just next buy time. your go house first
2: in thing. preloaded in do the attic do
1: not look at the wires in the back of my house go right. up to the top of my house <laughs> yeah yeah huh. next
4: time you if if you if you ever move houses you could just say does this house come with a comcast guy yeah, in the attic yeah i need a comcast guy <laughs> in the
2: attic please <laughs> and he's got to know all the wires up there yeah
1: oh my goodness standard yes. it is great
4: it's great you wow. you missed this the the uh the conversation that we uh, yes. Are introducing here is I'm one that you so missed because sad. of your in- terrible internet. So
1: yeah, because I really like Gino and mm-hmm. I really mm. wanted to hear. I'm hearing with our listeners actually because I haven't even heard what's yeah. already been recorded. Yeah. But um, I'm looking forward to to hearing it because I really respect him and he's my mm. friend. So mm. he,
4: yeah he he's a he's a baller as uh, as we say in the biz. Yeah, little business. What but he, business uh, is, he is a baller. You used car sales. Uh, the business is what you of uh,
2: basketball. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, your uh, other when you moonlight as a uh, junior
4: varsity girls uh, high school basketball coach. Yeah, yeah. No, actually, yeah. It's, a, uh, it's a it's a it's um, oh, a third tier a professional league.
0: Oh, third tier, huh?
4: Third tier. Yeah.
2: You guys have like two dollar Bud jokes, Light friends. Bud Light night. All jokes. All
4: jokes. Yep. <laughs> That'd be a good. That's a good. I'm gonna write that down.
2: All right. Marketing idea.
4: Yeah. Anyway, it it was it was a good conversation because Gino is a baller. He has been through a lot, and I trust people who um, have have suffered well. Yeah, I trust people who've suffered well. Yeah, and Gino has.
2: He's a good guy. You're going to hear more from him. We're going to be doing a series of podcasts coming up here uh, in the next ensuing months um, about Uh um, our book that we're releasing. So. Yes.
1: I can't wait. I, I yeah. guess, you know, we're recording this and we can see each other, but our listeners, as you said that, my eyes got big and I had a big did, smile because did, I cannot wait. Gina's going to be a part of that. We get to um, interview you two about the new book and yeah. ask you questions. So it's going to be we're great. Also,
4: and the, the thing I'm looking forward to, Christy, is that um, asking you questions. About you and Gino, mm. um, I, li- I like the concept of this interview because Matt and I are going to ask you about the impact that yeah. the contents of the book is about our um, axioms mm-hmm. for uh, transformation and for seeing the world like Jesus did. And I'm I'm uh, eager to ask you how these things have impacted you and your local ministry and how they've mm-hmm. been implemented uh, around you and what they've meant to you. Uh, yep. I'm really uh, looking forward to that uh, series. Um, right. So yeah. So maybe just a, a quick, if you want to be part of our book launch team, the book is going to launch July 26th. Oh. Um, just email us at podcast at gravityleadership dot com. We'll put your email uh, address in our list of people that we're going to reach yep. out to, to help us get the word out about this book.
1: Yep. Yep. Come be a and then subject line, just put, I'm a
4: launch
2: team mm-hmm. baller. Just put that in the subject Launch, launch team <laughs> baller <laughs> to delete it. Yeah because uh, well, a lot of those podcasts are gravity sure leaderships, I just auto delete I just auto delete them oh what hmm? yeah
4: <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, I'm just yeah. <clears throat> um, thankfully they go yeah, let us just know. to your email address though Matt so yeah. I know they go they indeed let us know all time.
0: yeah
1: yeah
4: alright well all let's right. get into this interview let's do it peace
2: You found us again. Welcome back to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. We uh, never left. We, have, we were always here. Uh, but it's good to have you back. And today...
4: Yeah, we just our, sit here by our microphones. Like when, just when you're not listening to the podcast, we just, just here. sit long. here until the next long. episode. It's all we do. It's all we <laughs> <Yep>. do. <clears throat>
2: yeah, I, just, I, I keep waiting for you to hit play, Eagerly Ben. Waiting. Is it play? Record.
4: Record. Record. Yeah. <laughs> play is what our listeners. That's yeah. what
1: you do when you're not recording. You just listen, yeah. re-listen to them. Yes. Yep. <laughs>
4: yeah, just to try to refine. Yep. Long-time
2: listeners yeah. will be keenly observant that we would never be this ridiculous with somebody we don't know, like a guest <laughs> right. or somebody or, we're intimidated by or, you know, somebody who uh, somebody wrote an awesome book or something. Impress. Right. We yep. have our, our good friend, <laughs> our good friend, um, he gives like Top three hugs in the universe. His his beard makes Mall Santas jealous. He's got at least two kids and and less than 13. He's been a <laughs> chiropractor in healthcare for over 25 years. He's has pl- won
1: two Dove Awards, two with Dove the Awards. harmonica. With the, ho- I mean, wow. yeah, it's Little unbelievable known facts about this guy. Yeah, yes. And if you go into J.C. Penney's, his oh. family used to own it, and you oh. just say his name, and they'll give you a fifteen percent discount. <laughs> that is amazing. That's He's got it. He probably only, has a
3: only at the photo seat. booth, though. Only at the like <laughs> oh, family <I'm>, portraits. They've <laughs>
0: limited Sorry. it now. We oh, sold our
3: back our in my day.
4: Yeah. Uh, yes, he. Uh, Christy, his, Christy uh, you're really good at making stuff up about people. That was impressive.
1: <laughs> our listeners laugh. are like, who is it? I who want is to it? know who is it, And this? why don't
4: you want to impress him? Why are you acting like such a fool in front of this his, incredible
2: person? His name rhymes with Zeno Berberudo. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome our very own Gino Kirkerudo. Back to the Hi podcast. Guys. Hi, guys. Wel- it's good to welcome. be back
3: with
4: you. Welcome Thank back, you. Gino.
3: All those things are true. That's amazing that
4: you <laughs> yeah, found all that, we that. Made that house. all up and, and it all happened to be true. Yeah. In all seriousness, though, Gino is, uh, he does uh, work with Gravity. He is our community liaison and also kind of the manager of our uh, Gravity Commons community. So some of yes. y'all will recognize his name from those things.
2: Yep.
3: I've won three Dove Awards because I think that's for those chocolate ice cream bars, eating those, <laughs> right? Oh. Oh six yeah, six coming to those pack, the dove and dove I words. once ate three, so I out of yeah, the three, pack. Yeah, three kids at a time. Were upset. Took does. the
1: harmonica out of your mouth to put that the Dove Warrant. in. That's amazing. That's
2: award.
4: Exactly. That's amazing.
2: The Dove Ocean award delicious. means that his kids pick up the Dove wrappers and tag them on his door, <laughs> bedroom door.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. Dad, right. you forgot to pick up your trash. When he when he wakes up from his sugar coma, he's like, I ate three? <laughs> three in a row? It's <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Um,
2: like a harmonica Gino, in your face, <laughs> Gino. There's so much to say about you, and we only said uh, the things that were mostly untrue. So why don't you <laughs> fill us in? You you you're a pastor at a church in Philly, yes. And 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 tell us about that, and about your family, and how you spend your time.
3: Yeah. Um. Thanks. Uh, I am a pastor of the the Table Philadelphia. It's a church of communities here in Philadelphia, and um, my family and I started that a few years ago, a number of years ago. It seems like was a lot longer than it probably was actually when you do church planting have uh been married to my wife jill for uh 20 years and we have four kids they are 20 17 15 and 13 i uh have been known to forget how many kids i have so yeah
4: it's, that it's was happened. Well then, in, though. you just paused. Sermons. You took the time you needed. I
3: paused. They, they keep yep. they keep getting older, so like that's updated <laughs> that's, information. It's not like historical a, facts that you just those rascals, remember, you know. Yeah, that's true. It's like, oh man, how old are they? now?
4: And they all have different birthdays, so you have to like figure out. Like anytime <laughs> uh, somebody asks you, you're like, okay, I got to do some math right now. The worst. They're great out. though because
3: their oh, birthdays oh, are. We have one in November, one in December, one in January, one in February. So we do oh, like that's birthday kinda, season.
4: Like you guys have like a birthday season. That's fun. Yeah.
3: So um, I also do some work with Gravity, and uh, which is a lot of fun, spend my time, some time doing that. I'm part owner of a coffee roasting company with some people in our church. That, that's their business. I help them out with that um, just as far as uh, learning how to do business things and marketing, stuff like that. They're friends of mine, and it's uh, happens right here in the city of Philadelphia, right down the street from my house, actually. So yeah, a lot of different mm. things going on that I like to spend time with also in uh, grad school, working on a master's degree in mission and theology. So do that in my spare time. That's why I don't sleep.
4: Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> you got spare time after, after all that stuff. Uh, oh, you don't sleep, though. That makes sense. So. Not too much. No. Right. That's when all the reading gets done, right? Yeah. yeah yep. Yeah.
2: Well, today we are continuing... Our series on five things we've learned in ministry. And Gino, you tagged on uh, nearly 20 years of ministry and 25 years in healthcare. Yes. Uh, you've, yes. Been, you've been co-vocational uh, almost as long as I've been alive. And so, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's true.
3: It feels like that. I think I was, yeah, I was really young when I uh, got started in chiropractic and uh, mm. practiced for 25 years. The reason I, I tag that along is because I was a chiropractor longer than I've actually been a Christian. Um, And so I had a lot of learning experience there, just being involved in the lives of literally thousands of people over 25 years. So that I feel like that has taught me quite a bit. And then as I've become a follower of, of Jesus, when you think about ministry, my first ministry outside of my home and neighborhood was in my workplace. And so a lot of my learning has come. From those experiences, for sure.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, should we uh, should we name these? Maybe I'll, I'll yeah. name them, and then um, uh, and then you can just help us understand what's going on. And it looks like Christy, Colorado Springs Internet got her again. So hopefully she'll yeah. be able to pop back in.
4: We forgot oh, to she pray was for uh, she was on her A that. game. She was on her A game today. too. Yeah,
2: she was on her A game. <sighs> J.C. Penny jokes. We'll have to do without them. So good. Uh, all right. The first thing, Gino, that you um, have learned is that Jesus invites us to participation long before we reach perfection. Tell us about that. Yeah,
3: yeah. I think um, I think for for me in most things, um, when I'm invited into something or I think I want to follow in a certain way or or do a certain job, I'm always the first question I often ask is how do I do this really well? And then usually if I'm really honest, it's so that no one will think I'm a fraud or that no one will be harmed by me. And and I think there's something actually good and right in that, you know, as a chiropractor, um, I think people are really happy that I have some skill and training in doing cervical adjustments before I put my hands on their neck. But what that doesn't do good work in is in areas where you think you have to hit a certain level of perfection or competency before you Mm. can even enter into, um, following Jesus. And yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Because adjusting somebody's back is different than pastoral
4: care. For sure.
2: Right. For sure. Yeah. It seems like you want something different from your chiropractor than what you want from your pastor.
3: Yeah, well, you, you tell me more about that, because you've probably had a well, pastor and a chiropractor.
2: So. The last chiropractor <laughs> I went to um, asked me if I thought that uh, Pope Francis was the Antichrist. And I was like, no, I don't, and maybe I should find another chiropractor. This is getting weird. Um, yeah. uh, so I guess he did try to uh, do some pastoral uh, work with me. No, but I go to a chiropractor, and I um, I go completely limp. I don't want to resist any of their movements. I want them to, you know, it's even called manipulation, right? Mm-hmm. Like I want them to put their hands on me and use their skill and their experience to do whatever they can do to my body. And I will respond. So my agency is to basically g- give as little of resistance as possible to whatever they want to do and move when they tell me to move, right? Right. Um, but I, I— uh, which is uh, maybe what some people want from their pastors. <laughs> but whenever a pastor has treated me like that, it hasn't what, gone well Bible for me. Bible answer, man. Yeah.
3: Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, think, I think also, um, yeah, that's really interesting to me to hear from the perspective of someone who's experiencing maybe me in those different positions, you know, <laughs> yeah. as, a, as far as being a chiropractor, what they might expect, or as a pastor, and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, primarily from, from my, where I sit and thinking that the, the work that this does, when I think about performance or perfection, I'm sorry, over mm. just participation, is that I'm constantly evaluating myself and checking my surroundings to see if I'm measuring up. And, mm. and, and so it, when someone has a, a certain request of me, I want to provide that for them. And, and mm. participation with Jesus does something really different to us, I think. And at it, it, mm-hmm. first, it, it's, it makes it evident how unchildlike I am in most experiences. You know, you mm-hmm. don't, m- children don't need to be fully informed before they jump into things. That's, that's what I've observed, mm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. In fact, a lot of times it's a, the yeah. thing that a, a quote-unquote responsible adult does is stop mm-hmm. them from doing things that they're uninformed in. And, mm. and maybe there's, there's spaces where that's helpful. But I think as a, as a way of seeing the world, yeah. um, it's not. Yeah. It's not helpful.
4: Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah it totally makes sense. I think, I think you know, and you, you begin to, I mean, one of the sad things about growing up is that kids eventually do adopt some measure of awareness. Shame sets in, right? Where yes. they're like, oh, it's not okay for me to just show up and, and do something like I'm all oh, the kids made fun of me or, you know, mom got mad or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's sad to watch that happen. But I think there is a, there is a call into, in this thing that you're learning that you're naming here for us, there's this call back into uh, the child likeness of just being content with, okay, this is okay for me to participate. And it's okay for me to, you know, I can make a mistake and I can learn, I can grow. That's part of the journey. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a beauty in that.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think of um, Peter in, you know, God's the Bible, Peter. that <laughs> Oh, yeah. He was, that one. He was yeah. there. Yeah, that Peter. I want to make sure. Not just like my friend or yeah, uncle just, Peter. Yeah. I know I know a
4: few Peters and <laughs> sure. famous Peters. I don't know who you're talking about. Okay. The he, Apostle he, Peter. He seems like Bible.
3: someone who wanted to jump into participating with Jesus and was mm-hmm. not necessarily constrained by appearances. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, if it, washing the feet and he says, no, you're not going to do that. And yeah. Jesus is like, Peter, if you don't, if you don't do this, you know, you don't have any part of me. So he's like, okay, my whole body do Dude, all of it. Give me And bath. again, yeah, again, it's like he's learning on the way through participation.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And I think if I'm sitting at that table, first of all, that would have been amazing. And I'd be really old, but also it would be really, I think I would be the person that would not want to say anything.
4: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to risk looking stupid or yeah, you know, getting who knows what someone later is going to write about this in one of, in a book called the Gospel.
0: Yeah, exactly of, of Mark, right? <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs>
4: and so Oops.
3: the thing that I'm learning and haven't at all, you know, gotten this down, but participation mm. is way more important than any kind yeah. of perfection that I might sure.
4: have.
2: Yeah, that's good, man.
4: Well, that that, that leads us to uh, the second thing that you named for us, which also involves two p words. Yes, um, which. If you're going to do alliteration, mm-hmm. the pro tip from pro tip. from the pastors here, if you're going to do alliteration, P words are great because there's they so are. many of them that start with P. C words, uh, close second. A lot of words start with C. So just a couple pro tips there. Um, so <laughs> your second uh, your second thing here that you've learned is presence over performance. All day, yeah. every day, and twice on Sundays. Does that mean you do two services on Sunday? No, no, oh, no. that's not what that, we're talking that about. That means... Okay.
3: <laughs> That means
4: we all need to remember that okay. all day, Presence, every day. Yes, over-performance. So, how how is this? Uh, fill that out for us a little bit.
3: Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I think it can be. It can. It can sound similar to the first one, and maybe I only have a couple of things that I've learned. Maybe there's a lot more <laughs> <laughs> room for growth. They all start like, with P, and they all yeah. start with P, so I, they're easy to remember mm. and confuse. Um, I think that my my learning of this. Uh, I may have shared this story one other time when I was on uh, mm-hmm. on the podcast, so I don't think I need to necessarily tell it all, but say that my my kids really taught me this in mm-hmm. in the sense of their desire to just be with me in times when their being with me was not going to make the things that I wanted to accomplish really helpful. Mm-hmm. Putting together furniture um, was not going to be sped up by my then like eight and six year old sons helping out but they wanted to be with me. And I was frustrated the entire time. And then when I saw them, the excitement they had when this project was done in like three times the time that it could have taken on my own, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, I was humbled by the fact that the idea of just being present with me Hmm. was their highest value. And my highest value Mm -hmm. was getting this done well and efficiently, performing it right. right. And, and I think that carried into ministry, I could tell many stories, like I'm sure you both can, but maybe you don't have the same starting point that I do. And my starting point is, I don't know what I'm doing. That's most of the time. That's my starting point. I do not know what I'm doing. And sometimes I say that out loud, which probably isn't helpful if people mm-hmm. hear it. But you know what I do know? I know 100% is true, is showing up is most of the work.
2: Yeah, yeah that's
1: and good.
3: I've had experiences where very close friends have called me in the middle of the night because they, their baby that was born early had already died. Mm. And I'm thinking, I have no training for this. But you go and you be present with people. That's what you mm-hmm. do. So again, again, I'm in the back of my head. I'm thinking, like I don't know what I'm doing. How do I perform this being with and saying the right things to someone? What's the, what's the gospel turn that I'm going to have, the turn of phrase that I'm going to have to fix this for them. And it's being present is the thing that I'm learning.
2: Yeah. And that's, so we're, you're stating these things in kind of um, maybe provocative, stark ways. Um, But in, in another sense, Gino, you do know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You're just doing it. You're doing what you're doing. Is not maybe what you feel pressure to do or feel external or internal like moves to do? Like, Say the right thing or resolve yeah. this tragedy or fix this, or, um, but, but no, having this competency that you're talking about, developing it over two decades, uh, is, is a thing to do mm. and is crucial.
3: Yeah. True. Yeah. For sure. I think that I say, I don't know what I'm doing to remind myself that you actually don't have a certain like process that you need to yeah. figure out before you attend to what God is already doing mm-hmm. in this person's life or with mm-hmm. this person. And yeah. so being present is the thing to do, but it yeah. fights against my performance. Yeah. Totally, totally.
4: So I thank yeah. you for
3: I, <clears throat> st- stating that.
4: Yeah, I relate to that, uh, Gino, that I, I think that's a paradigm shift for me and has been. It's an ongoing paradigm shift mm-hmm. where I still... Uh, and I, I may have shared something like this even in my five things, um, just kind of a learning that's, on, like I said, ongoing for me, that I think my conception of ministry and really my conception of like what it means to be human, um, I somehow uh, internalize the belief that I like to be valuable or to be loved or to belong, I have to be of some service or use. Some like I need to be, you know, people want to have, people want, why would people want me around? Well, cause I can do stuff utility. for them. Yeah. yeah. I have some utility for them. I'm, I'm good at something or I, I help them or, you know, that, that kind of a thing. Um, and there's some shame attached to that for me. And I, I think it's been a big paradigm shift to realize that just being with people is enough. Like I'm, I'm okay to be here. And actually my, it's not even just that I'm okay to be here and that I'm, you know, perfectly lovable or, you know, I can belong just as I am, but also that like I'm actually a gift to the people around me yeah. by being myself. Yes. Um, that, that, that's been a huge, uh, I mean, it sounds a little weird even to say it <laughs> out loud, <laughs> but it has been a huge paradigm shift for me in an ongoing way. And I hear some of that in kind of what you're, what you're describing. Yeah, for yeah. sure.
3: I think, I think that also, um, the the roles that we've had as church planters and Mm -hmm. pastors that the the outside structures that we participate in, you know, they're imperfect. So this isn't a criticism of anyone in particular, but the way that the the things work is are you useful? (laughs) Do are you doing the things that we wanted you to do? And and those are the things that we can measure. And so how do you measure presence? Like you see your calendar it's 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 story i think that's the answer by the way mm. you, you tell mm. stories that's, yep. and i'm not saying tell lies i'm saying you tell stories <laughs> of what's
4: what's actually happening. make stuff up yeah
3: <laughs> that works in year one but i you know five years into this yeah. they're not listening one they're, thing they're, i've they're, learned they're, is
4: lying is a bad idea <laughs> in history and in life generally
0: <sighs> uh, for sure well, all right <laughs>
1: Hi, my name is Jill Brown and I'm from Midland, Texas. I have been in a Gravity Leadership cohort for the past year and a half. I am not employed by a church, but I was interested in spiritual transformation, so I decided to join a group. At times, my life had felt like I was operating out of a fragmented, achievement-driven, broken place. But during these weekly Zoom calls, the Gravity Training has helped me integrate and embody God's love in my life and I have a greater sense of this wholeness to share with others. If you've ever felt like there was something missing in your understanding of God, or if you are curious about how God shows up in your everyday life, check out Gravity Leadership and see if it's for you. To find out more about Gravity Leadership Academy, visit gravityleadership.com academy.
2: Well, we got Jesus invites us to participate before we reach perfection. Presence mm-hmm. of performance. And your third one also has some P's. It and does. that's better to lose power than to use
4: power. So it's Help the us. same P word, but it's rhymes now. So this yes. is another clever use of words. I, yes. I, I like this about you, Gina. Thank
3: <laughs> you. I, I love words. I, I wish I understood I them better, but I do love words. Um, uh. Yeah, better to lose power than to use power Uh, this one is um this is a this is a current and ongoing learning for me um, in Mm -hmm. particular excuse me that uh i'm I'm speaking of a particular kind of power a kind of power that says getting what i want through some use of force whether that's um our persuasive abilities our ability Mm -hmm. to speak clearly or not or maybe even in Horrible situations to be coercive or angry or something like that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that to use power as our, as our primary agency for getting things done can often be um, really not a good track to go into, to go down, you know, to follow. Mm-hmm. And that oftentimes what I have discovered and am discovering is that in those moments if I can have the awareness um, that I'm using power, for the purposes of getting something accomplished that may not need to be accomplished that way there might be a new imagination for how to do it that mm. if i could consent to just giving up power i might find a whole new way of how things are operating and that that i know that's not mm. really like super tangible that's kind of esoteric but we're starting kind of larger picture as maybe we yeah. can drill down to examples more but i wonder what you guys think as you hear that what do you what comes to mind for you
2: yeah yeah. I don't know. Yeah, using I think, anything <clears throat> seems weird, right? Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah, and I think there has to, I mean we just had a conversation with um Rob Dixon um which I uh, can't remember with our editorial yeah. calendar if this episode's coming out before or after that one. Well, but he he talked a little bit about this. Um so it's probably the the previous episode to this one. Um but anyway, he talked a bit about this where you know, I, I think there's something. It might be helpful to get into some examples, Gino, because mm. I think there's something about there's something about this that is important to name. Obviously, with um, the use of power, like you said, in a coercive way, um, you know, those kinds of things. But we also were recognizing in that conversation that if I do have cultural positional, you know, uh, power in a situation it doesn't do anyone any good for me to pretend that I don't have it, Mm -hmm. even if I'm uncomfortable with it, right. To just pretend that I don't have it. And so maybe you could tease out for us, maybe the difference between what you mean by using power in this context and what we might mean by say leveraging power, you know, on behalf of, someone who doesn't have it or leveraging power, yeah. Is, you know, what, what would be the difference between those two things? Yeah, I'm,
3: mm-hmm. not, I'm not sure that I, I, I know how to start right there, honestly. Um, I think, I think mm. when I think of this, I think mostly relationally and so experiences with people. And I have, um, and maybe that will get to the question, but I think in terms of relationships with people in ministry and relationships with my own family are the two main areas that I think about. Yeah and i and i have a growing awareness that even though i um sense a real high conviction for nonviolence um that sometimes my words are very violent in in mm. in not because they're crass necessarily but they carry a tone and a motivation to get someone to do something yeah rather yeah. than rather than building this idea of saying like yeah maybe I have I have the power maybe I have the position as the dad let's say Mm -hmm. to where I can make these decisions yeah but what kind of work does that do for my kids if I'm not including them in the decision process if I'm not recognizing their agency if I'm you know the getting the dishes done in our house is has been a just a terrifying experience for me for for a long time, because it seems like you know, we finally, after all these years, we have a dishwasher. We've never had a dishwasher that's not yeah. named like Gino or Jill or it's one of the kids' names, <laughs> right? right? Yeah, we have a people. machine that does yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, and then getting it emptied out. Mm-hmm. It's like it slips people's minds, but yeah. who's responsible for it? But it messes up the systems of our how the processes right. in our home. How are you going to cook dinner if everything's yeah. dirty? And yeah. so I lose my marbles over this and just like, yeah. why do I have to remind you of this? Yeah. And it's not like my son is like sitting in his room thinking how can I really get dad just to be so um, upset. Right, yeah. I how hate can I clean dishes? How I can I yeah, How can I subvert <laughs> the entire structure of our yes. family and our ability to have people over?
4: Right, right.
3: And and yeah. so that's a use of power that I'm that I'm talking about. That I yeah. do I can, I can, like there are other parents that would be like, you should, you know, reprimand him or something like that. I don't Mm -hmm. think that's what I need to do. Yeah. I think (laughs) I need to give up that power.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I hear in that sort of a, a recognition of, you know, we need to, we need to examine, you know, why, first of all, just why does, why do, why does the dishwashing schedule bother me so much? You know, when it doesn't get done. (laughs) Um, But also, like recognizing that there is something more important happening here than are the dishes clean and is this system efficient? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's maybe, uh, uh, more opportunities say to invite, uh, your kids into more responsibility, which might be mm-hmm. a good thing for them, you know? Yeah. And so how, how to help them bear the weight of that without just bearing the weight of dad will be mad if I don't do this, or I'm going to be grounded if I don't, you know, finish this task up. Um, yeah, there's I think there's other ways to leverage your position as dad yeah. uh, for their good and for their mm. flourishing long term rather than just for the <laughs> for the sake of getting the dishes done.
3: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's mm. good. So in in I know we we have time constraints but I'd just say like another example of maybe giving up some of that power using an an alternative form of power maybe would be love um mm. which consents to mutuality and inviting other people in and trusting that maybe maybe the way I see the world isn't the only way to see the world in that moment Mm. is the way that that we interact as leaders within our church when you know when we don't understand why someone is doing something and it's bothering us can we name that and say this Mm. is how I'm perceiving this (laughs) and and can you give me input onto how you're seeing this. Um, yeah. It happened in one of our, our meetings recently. There was a certain thing that I thought we a direction we needed to go that I really wasn't comfortable with because I just didn't know how to lead us into it. But I was really convinced that it's the direction we needed to go. And we sat at our kitchen table and a bunch of people were like, I don't think it's right. And they started telling me all the ways. And so I, my mind was changed based on mm. how they thought. Now, they will defer to me if I wanted to. And I'm not saying that with, yeah. like, as a good thing. I'm saying that's the way things are currently as we're trying to learn shared leadership. Yeah. But in that moment, yeah. they all have reflected back to me that now they understand more about mutuality and like polycentric mm-hmm. leadership through this experience of, we were surprised that you responded that way.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's helpful, Gino. That is really good. Yes. All right. So we've got uh, three things so far. Jesus invites us into participation long before we reach perfection. Presence over performance. And better to lose power than to use power. Number four is the first step in proclaiming good news is being quiet. Yes. Tell us (laughs) more about what you mean by that. I mean that I have
3: um, experienced many times where people will want to convince me of good news without knowing what I'm thinking or what the bad news is, as we might say, or where I am in life. And Mm. then something that could be really good news simply becomes advice or orders, Mm. something that isn't received because there's been no establishment of relationship. (laughs) Yeah. and so I, I sincerely believe more and more, um, whether I'm sharing with someone who I know who's part of our community or someone who's in my neighborhood that I meet at a coffee shop, which mm. happens quite often, or I just listen and ask questions. And good news comes seems to flow out of that from yeah. listening, but yeah. it doesn't start with me talking. Yeah.
4: That's good, Gino. I I learned, uh I learn a lot about this from you. I think you have this <laughs> kind of natural gift uh, for knowing how to do this. Um, yes, that I I think is worth teasing out uh, a little bit. Um, and it's a big part of you know our training, Gravity Leadership Academy. Yeah. Like one of our six practices that we talk about at the end is proclaiming good news, but it only happens you know after you discern where bad news, where lies are at work mm. in someone's life, or you know in our own lives and. And so I think it's a really it's, it's a really important thing. Part of what I hear you saying here is that all all evangelism, and that's what we kind of mean by proclaiming good news. Sure, all of it is contextual. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so it, it's never this like like nobody came up with the perfect formula that's for, good for all people at all times. You know. Now it does. You know the the gospel is. Uh, you know, it does refer to historical events, right? We are talking about Jesus. We we can't just make this up. (laughs) But I think that the wisdom that you're sharing with us here is that that can never be reduced to a formula, like a one-size-fits-all technology. Yeah, Um, It it has to be something that is discerned in context. And the context is, you know, every conversation, every relationship, um, you know, every historical period of time every geography like culture all of it is important to take into account before we know what kind of word of good news is going to feel like good news and what's going to actually speak to someone yeah
3: and part of what you're saying and i think it needs to be explicitly named is we all have a way of seeing the world we see the world through a lens and Mm -hmm. and we don't see the world the same way, whether this is um, ethnicities, culture, the, the construct of race and how <laughs> that's affected people um, massively. Yeah. Um, and so the way that I see the world, I, I, I don't want to come with the assumption that I see it the same way. But <laughs> yeah. the whole, hey, you know how it is, is maybe one of the least effective <laughs> things to say <laughs> to yeah. anyone and yeah. the yeah. least caring. Yeah. I mean, effective yeah. meaning because it's not caring. Mm. And, and I think, uh, you know, my, 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 uh, Google maps app does a way better job of meeting people where they are, because anytime I want to go somewhere, it tells me, Hey, you want to go from this current location or are you starting from a different location? It mm. asks me that.
4: Yeah. That's really important information, right? Christians Otherwise, don't do you that. Can't map it. Yeah. Mm. yeah we don't yeah. tend to do that. Yeah. Mm. We tell you where yeah, you want to go. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Or, or we either, we make the mistake of either not mapping where someone else is at or, not mapping where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Dude, that's a great right. metaphor.
2: I haven't yeah. I haven't heard that before. Now, is Google Maps like MapQuest?
3: Map. <laughs> yeah. It's a few less printing involved, Matt. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to print.
4: <laughs> no, uh MapQuest and print the map. <laughs> uh, you remember those days? <laughs> oh, you God, lose shoot. page two Man. and you're like, that's it.
3: Uh, I'm lost. Shoot.
4: <laughs> I'm lost. I can't I go I can't now I have to turn around and go home. Oof.
2: Uh, if we had any Gen Z listeners, mm. they're gone. They're gone. They're gone. They're gone. Um, Actually, this you know, might
4: be really interesting to listen to dinosaurs talk about MapQuest, though. I mean, maybe maybe this is comedic mm-hmm. value mm-hmm. for our Gen Z uh, audience. Yeah. Stick around, Gen Z, for more Gen X humor. That's right. Gen, pff, Gen
2: Z would have loved Net Zero's Stick It to the Man free internet.
3: Oh, heck yeah.
2: They would have loved that. Um, hey... uh this listening thing is tricky, right? Because mm. and this this goes into power, like when someone else is talking, when you aren't in charge of the conversation, when you might not get to say the thing you want to say. Yeah. When when someone else gets to do what they want. Mm. When hearing is more important than saying. Like all of that rubs pushes up back against like this cultural Pressure that we have, I think, as Christians and as leaders to do stuff to stuff. Yeah. To influence things, to make things happen. Um, What, maybe, maybe give us like one or two, like, what have you learned about listening?
0: Mm.
2: How do you grow and develop and value that skill?
3: Um, It's helpful to have people that will tell you that you're not listening. I know that's, that's painful, but it is helpful. Um, I think uh, curiosity is, is something that mm. is important to cultivate. Do you um, spend your time thinking about, the, if you're thinking of someone who's new, um, new to uh, a relationship with you that you're just meeting for the first time, are you, are you more focused on the things that you want them to know about you? Or are you curious mm. about the opportunity to learn from them? Um, I know that I fail in that uh, quite often, mm. but I'm, I'm, I've been learning how to cultivate curiosity. And a lot of that comes from a, a, f- a feeling of freedom that says, I actually um, don't have to accomplish anything in this relationship, but being with them mm. is valuable and will change me and them. Trusting that, that God is present and at work. In this Mm. situation i i had a a scenario it's probably too long a story but i was in a coffee shop that um, my daughter my oldest daughter was working at um, before she started back up in college and it was during the mask mandate in our city and this guy came in without a mask on a saturday very loudly started yelling at her and everyone else and i know all of the people that are the employees there they've Mm. become friends um and I'm sitting there right next to it watching this, and there's people looking at me like, what is he going to do? How is he going to enter into this? And my daughter mm-hmm. is very competent and capable at de-escalating situations, and she did. But the story gets really interesting when he decided to move and sit ne- next to me in the only seat available in the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And I didn't say anything. I just listened to him, mm-hmm. and he had some. we had a conversation for about a half hour before he got up and Got something else to drink. And that's when my daughter said, uh, Oh, I see you're really chatting it up with my dad. And he instantly felt shame and mm-hmm. guilt and came over and said, That was your daughter that I yelled at. And I said, I'm not sure why that makes any difference, you know? Mm. And so we had this really good conversation and I was able to engage with him even when he was harming my daughter and other people in the shop who were looking to say how's gino going to work this out what's he going to tell him how's he going to put him in his place Mm. and so i think that gets to my feelings about power i don't need to Mm -hmm. use it there Mm. um and presence is is valuable and listening was i i I had to work to be curious when i wanted to tell this guy he needed to leave
0: because that was my instinct
3: you know (laughs) in some ways but I, i sat with him and I learned a lot. And in learning a lot about him, I started to understand the way that he sees the world. And I was able to bring that up. Like, hey, the whole mask thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe having your culture war in the coffee shop with a barista who has to tell you to wear a mask isn't the place to do that. But mm. maybe we can have conversations. I would never have that conversation with someone if, unless, mm. except for the fact that he sat down next to me. Yeah.
4: Well...
2: You're, so you're a glutton for punishment is what you're saying, Gino.
4: Yeah. Like it. yeah. Like well, it. if you're going to be a
3: listener, <laughs> you're going to have to lose yourself a little bit because yeah, this situations is really are going to come up.
2: Yes, this is really important. Like the subtext of what you're talking about is uh, usually when we see an abusive person like that, we either want to fight or to flee. Yes. And um, it's really hard to be curious while you're fighting Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to be curious while you're running away. Yes. And so you Mm -hmm. have to deal with that immediate body, sometimes trauma response to violent, abusive, conflict people, to tend to your own anxiety, your own responsiveness, your own kind of like limbic system, uh, grabbing control of everything in your life, and tend to it. Be present to it. Yeah. Let it be. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we've talked before, Gino, like I, you, I know you're not a huge fan of conflict. And so it's not like you gravitate towards these people, mm-hmm. right? This, this sure. guy actually put himself in your space mm-hmm. so that you weren't going to fight him and you really couldn't run away. So, you know, I, I think part of learning how to listen is learning to identify all the things that keep us from listening.
3: Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I think there's there's um, there's no shortage of opportunity to listen. I mean, pandemic aside, and I know we're, we're still in it, and I know that prevents some things, but there's still opportunities to listen. I mm. think what you articulated is, here are some of the reasons why we don't listen.
0: Yeah. And
3: some of those are really valuable, right? Like I, I, As I stated, I know that that was not a comfortable situation for me and that I was working against my instincts to avoid this or just to resolve this, you know? Because mm-hmm. violence works. That's why, you know, I'm not saying it's good, it, but it works. It does. Right.
4: Yeah. Well, it, it does. some. It does something. <laughs> it,
3: it, it might, it might end yeah. that guy's participation in that coffee yeah. shop that time. And right. I'm not saying right. I'm going to like yeah. take him out. I'm just saying he might leave. And then yeah. that's, but that's the imagination for most people is like, how is he mm-hmm. going to get this thing accomplished? Mm. Not how is he going to enter into listening yeah. and love? I think that's an expression of love.
2: Yeah, it is. Yeah. that's yep. good. All right. Number five. Joy, despite what we really see now, is valuable. Christlike pursuit.
3: Yeah. Um, I, I've learned this. Well, I'm learning this, but I learned the wording from uh, Dr. Willie James Jennings. Uh, he, uh, He speaks of joy as resistance, Um, resistance to the things that cause despair. Mm. And I think there are a lot of opportunities to be, and these are not his words, so please don't, you know, (laughs) if they need to be corrected, I'll take the responsibility. I think there's a lot of opportunity to be self-indulgent in despair Um, Mm. and, and meaning we don't resist we don't we don't resist and we think the way that it i mean the, the 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 hope of the resurrection is that the way that things are now are not always going to be this way right otherwise you know i don't know what what else i mean hopefully that hope bleeds backwards into our reality now and hmm. i think the reality or the way that that bleeds back in is that we resist that this is all believing that this is all there is to believe,
4: right?
3: Yeah, yeah. And so for me, I, I find myself as I'm. I tend to be an optimistic person, and I think a lot of times I have rightly been accused of not being helpful because my optimism might be like a bypass of pain, right? Rather than the result of true lament. And yeah. so, one thing that ministry has given me the op- opportunity to do is to engage in lament mm. and not huh. bypass pain and trauma. And then when that happens, I, I see lament as a form of resistance. It's yeah. it's acknowledging the real reality of pain, but not being overcome by it. I see this and learn this from many people groups and their, their faith in how they resist despair yeah. through saying that though... This is the reality that we experience. We believe in something else, and the, yeah. I don't know a way to believe in joy in the midst of our current reality <laughs> apart from Jesus.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's great, Gino. That that is a, uh, I think, another uh, gift uh, that you have uh, for the world and and for us. That I think those uh, those name I, I mentioned this in my <laughs> sermon last Sunday, actually. Hmm. That I think the the pitfalls for all of us are either to to use our sort of like smile uh, to bypass pain, you know, to just ignore it, you know, put on a happy face. Uh, maybe this will go away if we just, you know, plug our ears and 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 shout loud enough. Um, but the other, uh, you know, the other thing is to get lost in despair and to allow. I think that was a good way of putting it that there is a there's an indulgence in sort of allowing. Um, bad news to have the final word uh, when the gospel is—you know—we we have the gospel, we have Jesus, and there obviously yeah. is you know uh, hope available. And so, um, I really love that concept of joy uh, as resistance. It, it reminds me of uh, one of my one of the new bands I'm a little bit fascinated with right now is a British band called Idols, mm. I D L E S and their 2018 album was called Joy as an Act of Resistance. Mm. But if you go and listen to these guys, uh it's a it's a fascinating um it's fascinating because they are they are in many ways like this aggressive, very loud, in your face, like the lead singer is just a like a growler and a shouter and there's a lot of anger in their music. Mm. Mm. But they are very very clear in their lyrics and in their like the messaging that like what they are doing is is joy and there's mm-hmm. dancing that's going to happen at their events. And they're like, and so they're very like clear about this as well. You know, they're mm-hmm. not theologians uh, like like Jennings, but they are very clear that um, that their music is an embodiment of joy, even as it is also an embodiment of anger uh, mm-hmm. and injustice and, and various things. So anyway. Mm.
2: I, I want to say too, like, I think that's one of the ways that we confront Mammon. Um, and conspire for the kingdom. Is by not seeing joy as something that can be commodified, or mm-hmm. or accumulated, or consumed? But joy is something that exists, and we have to push back against the things that would mm-hmm. snuff it out.
4: Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. It it also it exposes the reality of the futility of mammon. And mm. the things that work towards evil. Come yeah. on. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's like the, the, so the people that are my guides for this are, are like I said, Jennings, um, James Cone, other people who writes a book called The Cross and the Lynching Tree mm-hmm. and reflects on the idea that it is both um, a source of healing and joy, but also a statement of this is the worst that could happen. And this is pain, and I and I think in my little bubble, like, why would you still want to be part of Christianity? Yeah, right. You know, I I have a, a traumatic church experience, and I'm like, eh, I don't know, but it's it's <laughs> Jesus, right?
0: Yeah,
3: it's, it's five thousand black men, women, and children, and other <laughs> folks as well are lynched in our country, and. And most of them, almost all of them, in the name of Christ in some weird way. And what, what happens in that, in that pain is that they demonstrate Christ in some way. Hmm. And they also demonstrate power and control and the futility of that to crush people who trust Christ.
4: Hmm.
3: I don't even know how to describe it, but I, I sure am hopeful that I continue to get to experience it.
4: Yeah,
2: that's awesome, man. Totally. <clears throat> well, I think uh, I think I speak for uh, all of us when I say I hope we get to do another one of these in twenty years.
3: Yeah, Gina, you know? yeah. that'd be great. They'll probably won't be <laughs> podcasting then, right? No, It'll be something else.
4: Yeah. Who knows? Who knows what kind of crazy stuff we're gonna be involved in? I've got an idea. Maybe the jetpacks. Maybe we'll have jetpacks by then. Mm, no. Yes. It's I don't want to can I get my hoverboard one of my one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite band names uh, from the past I don't know if they're still playing music was We Were Promised Jetpacks yes <laughs> <laughs> just, just <makes> me <laughs> oh That's gosh
2: <clears throat> um, you know uh, before we go Gino this conversation has been so good it reminded me of what my grandpa said before he uh, kicked the bucket What's you know that? what he said? He said, uh, yeah, he said, he said, if I can remember, he said, How far do you think I can kick this bucket? <laughs>
3: that's perfect. That's, yeah. per- that's perfect. I feel like that sums yeah. it up perfectly. That- 20 that's, years of a great, experience a great and metaphor, learning. Matt. Perfect. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's, right. Uh, that's exactly it. I love it. I love it. Answer. No one is going to <sighs> usurp. The undisputed dad joke champion, Matt Tevye. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just, uh, mm-hmm. I can just Google really well. All right, everybody. There's some lists until, out
4: there. Until next time. Yeah, thanks, Gino. Appreciate you sharing this stuff with us. And, Thank you. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see you all next time. Peace. Peace. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you're finding it helpful, we'd love it if you'd tell your friends about it.
1: Ratings and reviews online also help others find the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.
2: Joining our Gravity community is free. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us,
4: go to gravityleadership.com slash join. Our show is produced by Ben Sternke and Matt Tebby. Aaron Sternke edits and mixes the podcast, and you can check out his work at aaronsternke.com.
1: We'd love to hear from you. To record a question or comment for us, go to gravityleadership.com slash message and click the start record button.
2: You can also email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time.